This morning, we are uh, continuing on in our series called Transforming Presence. And again, we've got kids in the room. Parents, if you've got little ones next to you, we are on your team. Parents, if you're out there walking around a real little one, we're on your team. We're thankful you still showed up today. Um, But we are in this series called Transforming Presence. And it's been all about this idea that we really believe that when you connect with God, when you spend time with God, it actually transforms you. Right, and we want to be a church that's not just a bunch of um, individual people that see transformation in their lives, but be a church that ourselves is transformed. Right, and so when we're, when we're reading God's word, when we're worshiping him, when we're meditating on his word, when we're fasting, when we're forgiving those who hurt us, when we're uh, walking through all the things we're about to walk through in the coming weeks, we're not doing that as people who like to check a box We're doing that as people who go, I wanna be with God. I wanna be transformed by his presence. And so we walk into this series, right, saying we don't just, again, we don't just wanna check a box. We wanna put ourselves in the place where we can be used by God. So today we're talking about discipleship. Can you say discipleship? Good, this is gonna work today. Okay, Um, I've split the morning into three parts for us. Three parts. Part one, the gospel, That's just the foundation, so we're gonna start there. Part two, being a disciple. Part three, making disciples. And you say, oh my gosh, Nate, we're gonna do all that today in 30 minutes. Yes, we're gonna do it all today in 30 minutes. We're gonna make it happen. So part number one, the gospel. Right, again, we're starting here because this is the foundation of everything. If you don't get this part, the next two parts won't really make much sense. So we're starting here with the gospel. And if you're familiar with the Bible, it begins in Genesis 1 and 2 where everything is good. Everything is good and right. Humanity, God creates humanity and creates them to be in perfect relationship with him. Right? Everything is good. Everything is right. But when sin enters the picture, it creates this this separation between humanity and God. And so to help us kind of fully grasp this, um, I want us to look at one verse together. Um, And I've got this thing covered. It makes me feel like I'm about to do some like big, massive reveal and you're all gonna go, oh my, you know, ready? Yes. Okay, I was not prepared for how much like a magician I was gonna feel in that moment where I pulled that and you're, oh my, yeah, okay. Anyway, one verse we're gonna look at together. I've got a marker around here somewhere. Romans 6.23, if you've got a Bible, you can open up to uh, Romans 6.23. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it up on the screen for you too. Romans 6.23, this is, uh, have you ever heard the term like one verse evangelism, right? This is sort of one way you could explain the gospel in one verse. Comes with a cool little picture that we're gonna use together today. There's a ton of ways you could explain this, but this is just one way. So it begins with this picture of, um, again, we talked about a separation between humanity and God. So it begins with these sort of two, um, two sides of a chasm, Part of my drawing here a little bit. Um, And the first part of the verse, right? The first part there, for the wages of sin is death. So we're gonna, over here, we're gonna put um, wages, sin, and death. So real quick, just so we're on the same page about these three words, a wage is something that you earn. 
So if this winter rolled around, we had a big snowy day, I said, hey, I will pay you $20 to come shovel my driveway. You, against your better judgment, show up, shovel my really long driveway for $20. $20 is your wage, right? $20, it's, it's what you earned, right? So a wage, it's something you earn. It says the wages of sin, sin is a word that we probably use a decent amount in the church, right? It's kind of the whole like problem here, but we don't always define it necessarily. And so if I were to give just a, a simple definition to sin, it would be missing the mark. It would be the reality that God, uh, God is like up here, right? God is holy and perfect and pure and he's designed everything to work a certain way. He is the one who defines what is good and what is not good, right? Right and wrong, and that's God's role. Sin is any time, right, that we, that we see that and choose something else and act a different kind of a way, right? Sin is anything outside of God's design that he opposes. And the fact is that it's infected all of us to this point that we experience death. Not just, I mean, you're in the room right now, you're breathing, hopefully, um, right? So you're alive, but it's this spiritual death and separation, right? The Bible teaches that God is life. And so if we're separated from him, that means we are separated from our source of life. So what Romans 6.23, this first sentence is telling us, is that the thing that our sin has earned us is death, right? Sin has earned us death. And so you, I'm sorry to put you here, right? But you're over here and you're sad. Now, the second part of this verse, right? The wages of sin is death, but I just want us to see real quick what's on the other side. It says the free gift of God is eternal life. So we're gonna, we're gonna dive into that a little bit more, but real quick, you just need to know, I want to be on this side. How many of you in the room, quick show of hands, how many of you in the room are problem solvers? You see a problem, something comes up, and your brain just starts churning on what Yes, okay, so everyone who didn't have your hand raised, if you ever find yourself needing help, just track down one of those people. They will gladly tell you what you should be doing. Um, okay, so uh, actually, let me get, I've got a couple helpers. I need a couple helpers for this next part. You guys come on up here. Um, I'm gonna have you guys wait like right here for me while I explain this, this part right here. So real quick, many of you in this room who are problem solvers, you see this and you start to think, hmm, you know what? I can fix this. I can do this. I've got something that can get me from here to there and you try your, you know, whatever evil Knievel style things you've got to get across the gap. Now I invited these three friends of mine um, up here to help illustrate this a little bit for us. So real quick, um, it's Case, right? Perfect. Case, 
here is gonna represent for us those of us in the room who um, would rely in some way, shape, or form on our own health, ability, physical fitness, healthy eating, whatever the latest diet is, whatever the medication that you're hoping to get that will get you just over the next thing, it's like physically attuned perfection athleticism, whatever it is, that's case for us. Um, June here, she's gonna represent achievement. So is anybody in this room who feels like, man, if, if I could just get to that next level, then I've got it, right? Whether you're in school and it's your grades, whether it's getting the promotion, whether it's getting that spot. Um, I know we said athleticism, but it's, get, it's the, the thought that like, if I could just get to that spot on the team, or if I could get that chair in band, or if I could get, you know, whatever your status symbol is, if I could get there, Okay, June's gonna represent that, that theory in our minds. Um, and then lastly here, Matthew, he's going to represent um, when we try to solve this problem with money, right? So whether it's for you, you just, you're trying to get that little bit of a raise at work, right? Or you're trying to see that bank account have a certain number where you just think like, man, if I could just get fill in the blank amount of money, we would be set. We wouldn't have to worry about this. Whenever my car breaks down, I got money in the bank. Whenever I'm ready to retire, I got money in the bank. When my kids are growing up and need to go to college or you know, they're getting married, like we've got money. And so something in our mind starts to think those things can bridge this gap for us. So the reason I pulled these guys up here is because they are going to help illustrate for us um, uh, well, let's just say what it looks like when we try to do that um, on our own. So I've got a little bit of tape here. Uh, we're going to, we're just gonna simulate what's happening on this whiteboard, okay? Okay, so on this side, you're on this side of the chasm here. Let me think, yeah, that seems about right. Um, we're gonna start right here. Okay, so you gotta, you gotta start here. This is one side of the chasm. Now, um, I wanna make sure this is, this is fair to you and a fair representation, so let me... Uh, uh, let me just, hmm, just, okay, uh, is this, okay, you got it? Okay, perfect. Okay, so Case, again, Case is those in the room who uh, is relying on his own, I gotta get this out of your way, man, I'm sorry, um, relying on his own, his own strength here, right? He's, he's physically fit, he's ready to perform, he's got what it takes, and so Case, remember, you gotta, you're, this is the edge of a cliff, right? So you just gotta, um, if you need a little run, remember, I didn't talk to the insurance agency, no falling, but, um, but you're running, you gotta jump here and just, um, just land gracefully on the other side. Okay. Ready? Case, 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 case. Okay. Dude, but that's like a, that's a respectable track career ahead of you. Um, okay, June here, we said she represents uh, achievements, right? So um, just to, to help June out here a little bit, uh, we've got two excellent report cards that uh, June, you get to use as um, stepping stones. Now remember, you only get to place these once but you can use these as an aid to help you get across there, right? So you set one, you know, you could, you could set one, jump onto it, however you wanna do it, just, um, you just gotta make it from this side to that side. You got it? Case is very concerned about your ability to achieve here. All right, what do we got? Okay. You wanna jump onto that one and you could throw the, okay, all right. 
Oh, it's okay, this, this is legit. Oh, I'm gonna move this so we don't stomp on whatever this thing is here. Okay, there we go. Okay, now uh, with your last one, just right there, you got it. Okay, all right, right here, right here. Now, um, now I forgot to make this clear, uh, but you don't wanna be in the pit, okay? I'm just, I just wanna make sure that's there. Okay, uh, now Matthew here. Matthew, um, I, maybe I should have had something a little more visually pleasing, but Matthew gets a big old bank account. Like, I don't know, imagine this is your bar chart, and it's like, boom, here's the, okay. So Matthew gets uh, a big old, uh, whatever this is, board. Yeah, sorry, I could have picked a bamboo or something. Um, okay, so you got, yeah, oh yeah, I'll get you over the, there you go. Oof, Okay. This is my worst nightmare. Okay, go. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just right there. That's it. Oh. Okay. That's true. That's true. All right. So, um, so this is silly, right? You're to some part of you is going, Nate. Why would you parade kids onto stage to fail during an illustration? Um, thank you, guys. By the way, you guys are good. You guys, yeah. Give them a quick round of applause. Yeah, so you might ask yourself, right, Nate, wh why, again, why would you do that, right? It seems silly. We all, we all kind of know where that is going. But here's the thing. Some of us, as silly as that seems, are living that very reality right now, right? We see this idea, man, the wages of sin is death, we know that the free gift of God is eternal life and we see this and we just, we try to fill other things into the gap. We think, man, if I can just achieve, if I can just get this, if I can just get that, and you're probably not thinking, then God will accept me and love me. But you are thinking, man, if I just got that, if I just had the money, if I just had the thing, my life would be okay. I, I wouldn't need God to answer that prayer because I could answer it myself. And so we get ourselves in this spot, right, where we're, we're trying to use these different tools to make everything okay, but it's not gonna be okay. But the good news is that God doesn't leave us on our own, right, the, the free gift here. It's not a wage, it's not something that you can earn, right, it's from God himself who is the standard, and it's uh, not only in this life, but it's eternal life, and it's provided, Romans 6.23 tells us, um, ooh, I don't know if my proportions are gonna be exactly right here, but it's uh, provided through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so it's this real simple, right, it's Jesus now becomes the bridge that takes you over here where you are now happy because you are now right with God. The goodness, the rightness of things in the very beginning have been restored. Now, it doesn't mean that everything's perfect. We live in a sinful and broken world that sin has really messed things up along the way. But it means that you can actually experience real wholeness, real life with God. And so this is all our foundation here. It's this reality, right, that Jesus Christ lived a perfect life, 
that he died in our place, three days later rising from the grave, proving that he's God and we can trust everything that he said and giving us new life in God, that we could have life right now and have life with him forevermore. And so I'm not sure where you stand today. I know we got a room with kids as young as two, uh, well actually a couple three-month-olds, I think, right? All the way up to, I won't make you raise your hand if you're the oldest in the room, right? We got people all over the spectrum here. Not quite sure where you stand, but I wonder if you're someone who's made this decision right here. If you've made a decision for Jesus Christ, or if you're someone who's got something on your heart that you're going, I, I might just be trusting in something else. But if you're here today and you go, no, I, I, I think I made that decision. I think I'm in. Okay, well, let's keep building on our thing here. Let's move to part two. It's this uh, reality of being a disciple. A disciple in, again, just plain kind of language, it's someone who's seeking to become like someone else. Someone who's learning to become like someone else. I stole this next picture from Isaac, who's our youth ministry director. Um, He was teaching on discipleship, and this was an image he used, right? We've got um, Anakin and Obi-Wan there. We've got uh, Poe and Master Shifu. That's the uh, panda one if you're unfamiliar with kids' movies. Um, We've got, uh, oh, Daniel and Mr. Miyagi there. We've got Splinter and the Ninja Turtles. Maybe not, you know, maybe you connect with one of these movies. Maybe you're like, what are kids watching these days? Um, But regardless of where you stand, each of these people are seeking to become like like their master. They've got someone they're following that they go, I want to become like him. I want to begin to see the world the way he sees it. And so this was really normal in Jesus's time to, um, people would have disciples and they were just people who would follow them around and seek to become like them. So for Jesus, right, he, he called 12 disciples to follow him. And if you look at what they did, most of it was pretty ordinary stuff. I'd imagine right in the beginning, they're helping get groceries for the dinner Jesus is hosting tonight. They're following him around. They're, um, I don't know, helping care for the sick and the poor. But as they're watching Jesus' life, they have these moments where they go, wow, he prays like that? Jesus, will you teach me how to pray? Oh yeah, of course, come here. They're watching Jesus as he goes around and teaches people. And eventually Jesus goes, you guys have been sitting in here hearing it long enough. Let me send you out. Go out there, you teach. Jesus takes him along as he's caring for the sick and for the poor, casting out demons. Jesus is like, guys, you've seen this enough times. I'm gonna send you out for you to uh, heal, for you to cast out demons. And Jesus was doing all this. He had them following him around because that's how you learn to be like someone is you spend time with them You begin to see things the way they see them. And so in this series, we we almost didn't even cover discipleship because it's it's almost like an umbrella term for everything that we're talking about. 
because all of these things, right, studying God's word, meditating on his word, fasting, um, forgiveness, the, um, everything we're about to tackle in the coming weeks, it all fits under this umbrella of trying to become like Jesus, of spending time with him, of seeing the world the way he sees it. And while that seems so simple and almost like easy to just skip over, I know a lot of us, not, maybe not a lot of us, I know I've had seasons of my life like this where, where I'm, I'm kind of showing up to church and I'm, I'm checking the box. I'm reading my Bible in the morning, but it's more, again, it's, it's I'm checking the box. If we really want to be people who are transformed by God, we come to his word saying, God, I want to be like you. When we're faced with that relational tension with somebody, we go, I'm gonna forgive because you forgave. And that's the kind of thing that you're about, God, so that's the kind of thing that I'm gonna be about. It should be automatic, but we really need to lean in and go, God, I wanna become more and more like you. And so being a disciple, it's really just saying, God, I wanna be like you, and I'm gonna do the kind of things that you did to make me more like you you. All right, part three here. Making disciples, right? So God does not only call us to be a disciple, but he calls us to make disciples. So if you've got a Bible, let's open up to Matthew 28 for a minute here. Matthew 28. This is after Jesus has lived a perfect life. He's risen from the grave. Spent 40 days uh, appearing to different people, proving that he truly was God. This is one of the last things that Jesus says before he goes back up to heaven. It's Matthew 28, starting in 18. Now read for us. It says, uh, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So for this first part, very beginning, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All right, you gotta bear with me for these next couple parts, okay? I need you real quick, I need you to like pump up the blood in your arms a little bit. I need you to turn to your neighbor, give him a little flex. Come on. Okay, all right. This is what Jesus is doing right here. Oh, I love it. I just saw a mom do it to her son. <laughs> Family service. All right, um, Jesus is flexing here. Right, Jesus is saying, there is nobody with more power, strength, or authority than me. There's nobody. There's nobody else you need to go consult. There's no one else's permission you need. There's no one else who's gonna empower you or give you strength. It's me. And then he gives us here, he's got some instruction. In here, he's got one command, and then he's got three, they call them participles. It's like an active verb, like a, uh, well, you'll see in just a second, right? So first, the command, it's make disciples. Make disciples. That's the command. That's the thing Jesus is calling his disciples to. Uh, you know, one of the last things he's saying to them, go and make disciples. 
And then we understand what that means by looking at these three sort of more active verbs. So the first is, uh, our Bible translates it go, but it's really going. Almost like as you are going, make disciples of all nations. It is an active term. And so while there's um, a lot that could fit under this umbrella, it's the idea of movement. If you're sitting down right now, wiggle your toes a little bit, right? Stomp your feet a little. Take a couple air steps for me. Okay, yeah, I'll take it. I don't almost know how to explain this outside of like, it's not sitting. It's going. I don't know about you, but I'm personally a little more introverted, I don't need a lot of time with you to feel like we've got a great relationship. I'm just like, I'm filled up pretty quick. I don't need a whole lot. So when I think about um, sharing my faith, I'm the kind of person who for a long time has sat in the posture of like, I don't know, if someone like stopped me in the grocery store and was like, sir, would you like to tell me about Jesus? I'd be like, okay, sure, I've got, you know, yeah. But I'm probably not gonna put myself out there I'm probably not gonna go to somebody else and ask a question like that or have the opportunity to share my faith in a more put myself out there kind of a way. But Jesus used the word going here because it's not staying in your own little bubble, it's stepping out of your bubble, out of your own little life and going, God, who do you wanna put me in contact with this week? Who do I need to go to? Who is it at work? Maybe your life is already like siloed off a little bit too much that you need to go like start something. You need to go to the HOA meetings. You need to join some kind of rec league. You need to sit at a different lunch table at school. You need to go somewhere, right? We've, we, I mean, the ultimate going is how we send missionaries, right? We've got, I guess I'll plug this while I'm here. We've got outreach uh, interest meeting trips coming up that if you really want to go somewhere, attend one of those meetings and get, get out of our own little bubble into what Jesus has for us. That's going. Next up here is baptizing. Say baptizing. Now if you check under your chair, we put a bottle of water under each pew today and uh, I'm just kidding. The family service, that'd be a mistake. Um, and I'm sorry if now your mouth feels dry and you're like, oh, a couple more minutes. Give me a couple more minutes. Baptizing. Baptism is this, this outward picture of an inward change, right? So we baptize people by immersion. Uh, that means dunking them in water. And it's this picture of Jesus lived a perfect life, went down into the grave, and rose three days later. And so in baptism, it's a picture where you're standing there going, Hey, I've, I've put my faith in the guy who lived a perfect life, went down into the grave and raised to new life. And so it's this picture, right, that this, this process of making disciples begins with non-believers who, we, who you go to and who, baptize, who, who get baptized, who have faith in Jesus. It's a process. Lastly, it's teaching teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. This begins with with reading and understanding and knowing God's word, but ultimately should move its way not into just sit down and look at this thing with me, 
but to a life on life. This is how I actually obey this. Beyond just a, you know, here's what the Bible says about your finances, but here's what the Bible says about your finances, and now come look at me with my budget, and let's look at how I actually honor God with my finances. It goes, hey, th this is what the Bible says about uh, parenting and living life and trying to be there, but you know what, let's make this real. Why don't you come over to my house for dinner tonight? And it's crazy, but you can sit down around the dinner table and let's just see how this whole thing plays out. It's life on life. Paul captures this idea in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 1, when he says, um, follow me as I follow Christ. It's this simple idea that sometimes we stand in the gap a little bit for somebody. And, and we're, not saying, we're not saying become like me. We're saying follow me as I follow Christ. The goal is to become like Christ. And so we have uh, in our church uh, a zillion stories like this, but one cool story that I wanna share with you today that we captured from uh, someone in our church named Ron Day, uh, and I just wanna share this with you now. I actually started going to University of Akron about two years ago. I joined the Campus Focus Ministry Group. During one of the announcements, they started promoting this uh, men's prayer study uh, that is run through the chapel in Akron. And I and a couple of my friends decided on going, and we went through this book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, and taught by Tim Marrero. It's awesome to see how many uh, men in the church were really passionate about learning about prayer and growing closer to God on the last day. Tim asked uh, all of the older people to find a younger person to just put their hand on them and pray for them, give them encouragement. Rondé was the person who uh, came to me. Tim challenged us guys. He said, guys, we've got some young men here. They're begging for older men to take them under their wing and teach them about life. Like, wow. He says, I want you to look around, find a young guy, go over and pray over him. He prayed for me and uh, that was a really great experience. Prayed with him, prayed for him, and he prayed. And I thought, this is not enough. It's not enough just to, to talk to a guy, pray with him. Afterward, Ron came to me and asked if I would be interested in doing a men's Bible study with him. For many years, I had more than once thought, Lord, is there some younger man that I could pour some of what I learned into, not just head knowledge, but the good, bad, and the ugly of life. And so I started praying. Tim's invitation for us to invest in younger men really was an answer to that, some of that prayer. He said, if I wanted to bring some of my friends from uh, Campus Focus who also came to the prayer group, that, that'd be great. They were also looking for a mentor who could pour into their life as well. I'd never really done a men's Bible study before on uh, biblical masculinity. So that's been really good for me. We meet Saturday mornings to uh, discuss what we've learned. An older believer pouring into my life is uh, something that, it means a lot to me because that, that hasn't been my experience in the past. So it's really uh, impacted me because it's made me think about uh, just manhood and helped me become more responsible, digging into the word. Ron could be doing other things with his time, but he uh, is choosing to spend it pouring into us. Really grateful to God that he has put brought into our life. The young men to me have been an encouragement to see 
their enthusiasm, their willingness to learn. They're wise young men, uh, but they still are, are green. They need a man to speak into their lives. And I'm amazed that I have the opportunity to do that. And that's very rewarding. It gives me encouragement for the next generation. Yeah. Church, there are people in our church who are hungry for people to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Right, there are people uh, in this room right around you who are hungry for someone who's even a little bit ahead of them to say, follow me as I follow Christ. I talked to a guy in between services who just said, I just, I, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know what I have to pass along. This is an older guy who I go, I, you don't have to be perfect. Right, the, the idea of follow me as I follow Christ feels scary because it seems like you have to be way up here. You have to be the person worth following. And I encourage this guy, hey, part of following Jesus is, is not always getting it right. It's knowing when you don't and repenting and turning and saying, ah, I messed that part up, God. And so bring someone alongside you, and when you mess up, just explain, I messed that one up. That wasn't probably the right way to do it. But that's only going to happen if you're connected to somebody. And so men in the room in particular, this Saturday, we've got another, another men's event. It's uh, the Fire of Gospel Clarity. It's this Saturday. Um, and part of the whole heart behind this is to equip the men in our church for these kinds of things, that you'd understand the gospel, that you'd be equipped to walk in it and to bring someone else alongside you. And so men in the room, we need you there this Saturday, but it doesn't just stop there. It's in your ABF, it's in the hallways of the church, it's in your women's group, it's in um, whatever thing you're a part of, it's finding someone you could bring alongside you. And again, the beauty of Family Sundays is that we're not all cloistered off in our own little areas, but we get to see the picture of this is what the church is. And the beauty of this, uh, our Matthew 28 passage, it ends with a promise. This is Jesus speaking. He says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Turn to your neighbor and say, he is with you. Now ask them, can I disciple you? I'm just kidding. Don't. Um, <laughs> but he is with you, right? The God who saw this need and provided a solution the God who made all things, who made you, right? Who fixed this problem, who has all authority in heaven and on earth, that God is always with you. And so in those moments where you go, I'm not ready, I'm not equipped, I don't have what it takes, I'm scared, nobody should follow me, you need to turn back towards God and be reminded of who has paid the price and who has made this right for you. That God is always with you. Let me pray for you. God, you are so good. God, thank you for revealing yourself through your word. God, thank you for the gospel, for Jesus Christ, that you paid the price we could never pay, that you made things right, that we would try to fix but could never quite fix it. 
and that, God, you did that to bring us into right relationship with you. God, thank you that you give us the opportunity to be your disciples, to be people who follow after you and want to become more and more like you. And God, thank you that you then invite us into the mission of bringing other people along, of going, of stepping out of our bubble, right, of baptizing, of seeing people come to know and follow you, and God, of... Um, Oh, gosh, God, forgive me for forgetting the last part. Um, go, baptize, teach. God, thank you for teaching. God, teaching us and helping us to walk alongside other people uh, that we wouldn't say we have it all together, but that, God, we would say, uh, follow me as I follow Christ and show each other what it looks like to follow and be like you. God, we love you so much and are thankful for the kids in the room and the parents and the, the intergenerational church today. God, bless us as we go from this place. We love you so much. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. This has been a message from the chapel in Akron, Ohio. Thanks for joining us today. Our Sunday morning services are at 9 and 1040 a.m. You can join us online for our services by going to akronlive.thechapel.life. For more information about the chapel, please visit our website at thechapel.life.